Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Putin was banking on NATO being split. My early conversation with him in December and early January was clear to me he didn't think we could sustain this cohesion. NATO has never, never been more united than it is today. Putin is getting exactly the opposite what he intended to have as a consequence of going into Ukraine. How how about this headline that's just come out of Fox? Erdogan, the leader of Turkey, he's a dictator. They're in NATO. Okay, whatever. Ukraine and Russia are nearing consensus on four of six key issues to end the war, according yeah. to Erdogan of Turkey. Horse crap. Okay, Joe Joe Getty. Some reports call it horse crap. Well, uh, turkey crap, I suppose, would be more uh, appropriate as a metaphor. But uh, I don't know. Getting close on four of six issues. What does that mean? How close to stopping the slaughter of children does that get us? I don't. Putin has no interest in ending it. Uh, no, no, he has an interest in increasingly, you know, thin and inexplicable interest in looking like he's negotiating. But that's it. I just tell me if you come to an agreement and the children stop getting murdered and the and the women and innocents and the old people and the and the fighters Um, getting back to the president and his statement, uh, the president uh, appearing very old, stumbly, mumbly, contradicting his own policies yesterday. But that part was 100 percent true. And we all need to be rooting for the old man to do well and NATO to do well and act wisely to prevent even greater horrors of the the sort we'll describe in a a couple of minutes. Um, How about a quick update uh, from Martha Raddatz of ABC News? Um, Well, this is just an overall good report. Go ahead and roll 46, Michael. NATO's core objective is deter and defend, but the prospect of face-to-face combat is not far from anyone's mind. The troops here today are not only from Poland, but Romania, the UK, 
Asia and leading the way, the Americans. These soldiers are with California's National Guard, along with hundreds of other American soldiers here in Poland supporting NATO. All that's going on in Ukraine, it's so hard to watch, isn't it? It's difficult to watch um, and not be able to do anything because we're direct action type people, you know, and our whole motto while we're here is stronger together and no nation should stand alone. There's uh, some really interesting stuff we can talk about later. Uh, they, what NATO did years and years ago was pair uh, each of the countries with a an American state's National Guard to do training and, and getting to know each other and systems and stuff like that. The reason they went with National Guards is because um, in the active duty military, you can get reassigned every couple of years and move all around the country, all around the world. But if you're, for instance, a California National Guardsman, you're going to be in California the whole time. You will rise up in California. And uh, Ukraine happened to get paired with California. And so the officers have risen up from privates and corporals all the way up to generals, and they know all the higher-ups in the California National Guard. Some of them are very close friends. And so there's a super close training relationship there that's really interesting, but more on that to come. And I appreciate ABC News saying with the United States leading the way, because anything NATO-related, that is the case. We are NATO to a great extent, and that's why I regularly say you know, the war of the United States against Russia. It would be the United States with its allies, but that's what's happening. That's that's that's, that's the big threat. you got the two biggest nuclear powers staring at each other and at least one of them throwing around nuke talk. Yeah, that, oh, that reminds me, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, the uh, unpreparedness of the big dog of Europe, Germany. Uh, some of the stats I came across, uh, at the as the uh, the Soviet Empire collapsed, they had half a million soldiers and spent 2.7% of their GDP on defense. Half a million. They now have 184,000 soldiers and spend just 1.5% of their GDP on defense. They estimate that a third of their ships, one-third of them, is ready to put out to sea. What's the point of having a ship if it's not ready to go to sea? I, I know. Well, it's it's a pathetic. It's kind of like uh, the German military for a long time. They they would assist. They would have what they called wars of choice, where they would go help in uh, in uh, Yugoslavia or, or uh, Afghanistan or whatever uh, various African republics. Um, but the rest of the military was kind of just a a box for bureaucrats to check. It was there, but it couldn't possibly fight. And for, for decades. A, and to a great extent, because the United States is NATO. And all these countries could count on, you know, if the S ever hit the fan, the United States is going to deal with it. So whatever. Yeah. It's Give me another wiener schnitzel. It's, uh, well, a good wiener schnitzel is, uh, you know, it's a delight. Uh, but uh, it's remarkable to see the, the, the switch flipped. Because now you have prime ministers saying, yeah, not only are we going to spend the 2.5% we're supposed to or the 2%, we're going to spend about half again more than that. Uh, they have woken up to the fact that, yeah, you don't get, history doesn't go away. Human nature doesn't go away. The nature of good and evil doesn't go away. Barack Obama, are you listening? The idea that because for a cup of coffee, there was no real risk of geopolitical mayhem, you could strip down the American armed forces to, you know, two-thirds of their former uh, power and might. That was idiotic, hubristic, and naive on a, well, historic scale. Anyway, speaking of historic things happening... Um, I can't imagine. You, do you have any uh, meetings scheduled today? Uh, maybe you could be on the uh, White House Tiger team, as the group is, know, is known. That's the same 
name they use for like special projects in the in our radio company, Tiger Teams. Is that like really hot? That come out of some sort of a clearly hot business management book. Clearly, some consultant somewhere said what you need to have is a tiger team. That would be your best people taking on your big challenge. At the end of the day, the people to circle back need to be your tiger team. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Anyway, so uh, the White House has quietly assembled a team of national security officials to sketch out scenarios of how the U.S. and NATO should respond if President Putin, frustrated by his lack of progress, for instance, unleashes his stockpiles of chemical weapons or biological weapons or nuclear weapons, both tactical and the the the, the big boomy kind, meeting three times a week in classi- classified sessions. The team is also looking at responses if Russia seeks to extend the war to neighboring countries like Moldova and Georgia, how to prepare European countries for the millions of refugees flowing in. Uh, They surrender their cell phones and their staffs. They can't even have staffers in there um, to have these, these triple secret meetings. Well, you can't have a leak out of there. No. No, you'd hope not. I mean, I hope they have good people in there. If we're drawing various red lines behind closed doors and then, you know, coming up with what the reactions will be, no, you can't have that stuff leak out. Yeah, and I agree. I hope we have good people in there. I mean, if you study geopolitics, uh, you know, for as long as we have, uh, you understand that there are, like, crazy smart people, entire blocks of crazy smart people who study this stuff their whole lives, and they turn out to be dead wrong. Happens all the time. It's a giant guessing game. Um, and, and I just pray that, the, man, there's enough wisdom and knowledge in there to, to do the right things should it become necessary. You know, and, of course, uh, prayer number one is that Putin wakes the hell up and, and stops what he's doing. But on a lighter note, because everything is a lighter note, I found this highly amusing. Did you know that some of the prime movers in pitting us against each other, hating each other online, who whip up animus, the left against the right, the right against the left. Animus? Pe- animus? <laughs> Who's whipping up animus online? Hey, how about I whip up a couple of nice animus for everybody? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are websites for that, but it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> no, animus, like enmity. Why does every word I use sound like anima? Anyway, um, <laughs> making us hate each other. But some of the prime movers in this, I'll give you an example give you an example so there's this guy in uh i think he's in indonesia bangladesh he's 21 years old saeed saeed ahmed is ahmed is his name he was reading news on facebook when he came across the canadian trucker story and while most of the world was bewildered by the freedom convoy and what they wanted and why it was such a big deal this young entrepreneur in bangladesh he got excited he sensed an opportunity um, he created a fake Facebook profile pretending to be an American named Crystal Marie. Hell, I may have seen her posts or, or tweets and used the profile to build a pro convoy group called Convoy Freedom 2022. Writing his crystal, Ahmed sent a flood of posts supporting the truckers and bashing liberals like President Biden and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. His group swelled quickly, attracting more than 15,000 followers at its peak. This doesn't surprise he posted me at all. pro convoy messages and memes and videos and that sort of thing. It was only then that he made his move and did what he'd intended to do the entire time. 
He directed all of his followers and had them direct all of their friends and followers to his online retail store, where he offered shirts, coffee mugs, and other items emblazoned with symbols like flags and big rigs and slogans like, don't mess with the truckers and truck you, Trudeau. (laughs) I don't understand why more people aren't doing this. I don't understand why I'm not doing it. I'll bet it's so much easier than than you even imagine. To get a whole bunch of people that are really, really into a topic whipped up enough to uh, to start buying your 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 bumper stickers, your hats, your T-shirts. Yeah, the the other side of this, which is not nearly so charming, is that they get people to uh, donate to what they claim to be legitimate sure. uh, charities, causes, support the truckers, you know, buy medicine for the truckers, whatever. Right. And it's just third world scammers stealing all the money. But well, how much? Yo, okay, you have to you have to push them aside to get to the first world scammers who are doing it from you know your own country. So I'm sure there's plenty of that going on. Of the donations that go to various things like the truckers, what percentage of it is not just going in somebody's pocket? See Black right, Lives right. Matter, for instance. Sure, yeah, and we never did get to the uh, Boston. Was it Boston BLM activists who scammed 185 thousand dollars? Like so many do. Ah, what was I going to say? Oh, and, and most of you probably know this, but some of you don't. Virtually every single email you get that says, do you support Donald Trump or help Trump, blah, blah, blah. Every single one of those things is they're just trying to take your money. It's just it's groups that are somewhat allegedly maybe a little bit tied to Trump or elections or something. It's all a scam. Well, the high-profile ones, like the Lincoln Project, are freaking scams, let alone that you've never heard of them in your life ones. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we need to talk about Clarence Thomas's wife's text that came out yesterday, I suppose, at least touch on that. I want to do an update on trying to learn how to play Fortnite with my kids. Um, uh, they're finding it very amusing. It doesn't seem to be going well from my end. Um, oh, and... Well, you talk about a weird catch-22 problem they've got there in Ukraine that I wonder if President Zelensky has thought about. Anyway, all that stuff is on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You got to rename Waffle House. Morning for dummies. Drunk, hungry, and poor. All of the food on earth for $7. (laughs) Never bad, never good. Come on in. (laughs) Slam Donald's. (laughs) Ash Brown versus Board of Education. (laughs) Outback (laughs) House. Let's eat and fight. Redneck bacon fight. (laughs) Big buttery jukebox. Egg disaster. Everybody looks like your Aunt Jill. Kenny Chesney, the food. <laughs> International House of Beef and Carbs. The Yellow Brick Load. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you've eaten in an awful Waffle House. Okay. Um, Hash Browns versus Board of Education has got to be my favorite. I don't know why. A couple of Ukraine things for you real quick. Uh, one congressman came forward yesterday, doesn't matter who, but they made a pretty decent point. They wrote a piece in the Washington Examiner. The world is on the brink of a major power war between nuclear powers, which could escalate into World War Three. 
If that doesn't merit thoughtful debate by Congress with recorded votes, I don't know what does. The fact that our Congress is not having any debate about this sort of thing, you know, um, you know, the kind of resolutions that they pass where, you know, we, we, we agree with this, we don't agree with that, we believe this, we don't believe that. But Congress has gotten so far out of the game of playing a role at all in warfare, it's unbelievable. And, you know, that goes clear back to Vietnam. Uh, but, but they just, they just don't play a role in wars. They're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, I'm just reminded of the uh, uh, the fact that it's been made clear to us that so many of so many Congress people these days have no interest in legislating whatsoever. They are there to raise their profile, to raise money, to have Twitter followers, and the rest of it. Um, and and the idea of actually getting down and wrestling with the great questions confronting the country, they'd say, "Wait, what? Why?" Another example would be the uh, Iran nuclear deal. You know, that uh, happened under Obama that a lot of people said, you know, this is a treaty. This is clearly a treaty. Congress makes treaties and votes on them. You can't do this. But but Congress didn't push that because they don't want to get involved because they'd, they'd have to take a vote. And, you know, you don't want to be out hang, hanging out there one way or the other. So they just don't get involved. And now so we've got another Iran nuclear deal that's about to happen any minute now that looks like it allows Russia to take the uranium from Iran and store it. Yeah, Russia, who's supposedly isolated on the world stage because they're murdering children. That all is true and should be true, but they're going to be involved as the, you know, the go-between between us and Iran. We're going to put it in the hands of Russia. How is that even possibly happening? And again, Congress not involved at all. Yeah, it's completely insane. You know, I'm reminded of one of my favorite Churchill quotes, uh, where you have enemies, good. It means you've stood up for something sometime in your life. Well, to paraphrase that, you have a vote you can be criticized for, well, good. It means you've stood up for something sometime in your congressional career. Except Congress people, they don't see it that way. They think if I never take a controversial vote, if I never make a stand on something that could go wrong, nobody can hit me over the head with it in the next election. If I make noises on cable news shows or in hearings that makes it clear to people I'm part of their tribe, I get to stay in this job forever. If I take a vote, who knows what might happen? Right. The very jackassery Ben Sass was describing. So I hadn't heard anybody bring this up. It's kind of interesting. Um, I've been following this Corey Shockey woman who's an expert with one of your big think tanks. It doesn't matter. Just had a dark thought suggesting escalation may be coming. Putin may prefer to lose a war to the U.S. and NATO as to losing one to Ukraine kind of similar to what you were talking about earlier in that if he can portray it as a war against NATO, it would whip up his own people. But just in his own mind, he might much better, much better to be, okay, I got my ass kicked by the United States and NATO than I got my ass kicked by Ukraine. Which would be a gigantic historical uh, national humiliation. Right. Wow. That's kind of interesting. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Putin does not like being told what he doesn't want to hear, and fear reigns in the ranks of the Russian intelligence community. The bloody war no doubt making reaction to the recent buzz that a $700 million mystery yacht belongs to Putin all the more bitter. Features include gold-plated toilet paper holders and an indoor pool that converts into a dance floor. It is currently moored in Italy. Putin, mm. just like me. If I'm not swimming, I'm dancing. I mean, that's just, that's just the way I roll. The only thing yacht rocking, swimming and dancing. The only time I stop dancing is when I need to swim. I mean, that's just the way I am. Me and Putin. That's beautiful. Oh, my God. It's a nice looking yacht. I saw the pictures. But, uh, you know, the serious side of the story, uh, which is very, very serious, is how um, he's starting to arrest people and people are disappearing and, and, you know, in his top ranks. And what the hell is going on there? I don't know. We might not know for a uh, hundred years, but um, it's it's. I keep I keep saying this, but it's Shakespearean. What's going on in that whole story? Well, if you were a kleptocrat dictator, 
and had decided to attack your smaller, weaker neighbor, having been assured that you would roll over him in a matter of days, and you were getting your asses kicked. Now, granted, he's slaughtering a number of people, which is a win for him, which just goes to show how depraved this all is. Um, But what would you do as that dictator? You'd probably want to shake things up and put some people in prison and, 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 you know, wield your iron fist. Maybe uh, dance the night away and have a quick swim. Maybe that's what he needs to do. Jump on the yacht, unwind a little bit, think about things, dance. Here's one for you. Here's a tease for you. This is like an in-segment tease that I'll tell you about in just a couple of minutes. What is quite possibly the biggest story that's not getting talked about because of the war? Stay tuned for that. Ooh, that's exciting. So um, maybe you've heard some rumblings about Clarence Thomas's wife and her text. Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court justice, who's been in the hospital for a couple of days, had an infection. Well, who knows what his health is? Why would they be honest with us? They don't have to be. Um, but, uh, you know, he's roughly the same age as my parents. And if they were in the hospital with an infection, I'd be pretty worried about it. Anywho, he's in the hospital. And uh, his wife, who is a big-time mover and shaker in Republican politics in Washington, D.C., and has been for years, I didn't realize that, a whole bunch of her text messages came out as part of this whole investigation into January 6th and all that sort of stuff. And it turns out she was pretty involved in the very, uh, the most uh, aggressive end of the Stop the Steal movement. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, at high levels, like uh, texting regularly with uh, Mark Meadows, Trump's chief of staff, back and forth. So uh, that's what that story is. Yeah, she was full on board with uh, some of the stuff that is uh, the most ridiculous. Honestly, she was she was with uh, that Sidney Powell lawyer long after Trump had decided she was a kook and got rid of her. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. Uh, she doesn't rule on anything in the Supreme Court. Uh, no. I think Clarence Thomas is a wise and and great uh, presence on the court. Uh, but it's interesting. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking when I was listening to it, the, the the extent to which your spouse or someone's spouse is a you know a reflection on the other person. I know plenty of people whose spouses, one way or the other, um, are way different than they are. Sure. Well, my wife is one of the finest people I have ever met on earth, and I and adore you. But, well, that's a good point. Uh, I was going to say, but <laughs> if she starts a radio show, don't bother listening to it. It's not going to be very good. I mean, unless it's about quilting or something like that. Right. So, you know, it could be that Clarence Thomas loves Ginny very much, but thinks, man, she could not legally reason her way out of a paper bag. Sure. That's fine. She comes off as a bit of a kook, but eh, what are you going to do? Oh, speaking of kooks and the Supreme Court, CNN, MSNBC, and other uh, lefty media outlets have been going crazy. I haven't been listening that much to them. Uh, Listen to some of it, but uh, reacting to the Republican questioning of uh, KBJ, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, the... um, uh, the Supreme Court nominee, soon to be Supreme Court uh, uh, justice. About the uh, time she retires in forty years, I will have her name nailed down. Yeah, I'm trying. Although somebody said you can remember it's Ketanji Brown Jackson and not Jackson Brown because she's not running on empty. So, <laughs> oh jeez. Speaking of yacht rock, anyway. <laughs> 
He's a fine, fine songwriter of the early 70s. Running on Empty should not be Yacht Rock. That's a full-on fantastic freaking tune. It it is, clearly. What is Yacht Rock, really? We'll take your calls. Stay with us. Um, Anyway, but so uh, the tone of some of the criticism of the Republicans has been so hilariously overwrought and pearl-clutchy and the rest of it. There was that controversy over sentencing in a child porn case. I did some digging into it. It doesn't bother me that not much. It's not that big a deal. But this is this is politics. And if you can find something like that as a Republican senator who knows you're going to be on the uh, the evening TV shows, you push and you make a point. You make a point because it's legitimate. You make a point because it's going to uh, enhance your reputation among your followers. Maybe you raise some money, whatever. Both sides do it, and the Republicans did it with a hell of a lot more dignity than the freaking Democrats during the Judge Kavanaugh hearings. I'll say that. Not according to the Washington Post editorial board. Did you see their piece? What the Republicans have done to Ms. Brown is worse than what the Democrats did with Kavanaugh. Are I can't you believe kidding? Anybody could claim that with a straight face. And that's the Washington Post editorial board. Well, it just goes Is to show you how crazy they are. That amazing? Yeah. Anyway, what a load of crap. Anyway, so because it was uh, one of the cases, or, or the or the the one big topic was child porn related. Now the left is saying, and I'm quoting public masturbator Jeffrey Tubin on CNN. This is about appealing that's, to the QAnon that's a audience. Heck of a de- that's a heck of a description. As to who you are, public masturbator. Okay. Oh, it's accurate. This is about appealing. Exactly. It tells you what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, This is about appealing to the QAnon audience. This cult that is a big presence in Republican Party politics now says to it. No, it's not. Where Senator Hawley is trying to ingratiate himself with that group and run for president with their support. So now, think about this, Jeffrey. Number one, think about it without pleasuring yourself on camera. Think about this. Now, any time a, a Republican like comes out against child rape, you're going to accuse them of being in bed with QAnon because of the whole pizza place thing. Are you kidding? You can't do that. Senior correspondent Abby Phillip quickly concurred with Tubin, adding that Holly was utilizing, quote, a dog whistle to the kind of QAnon right. Most MSNBC of what you see, guest. Yes. Most of what you hear. In radio and cable news is crap. I would say that without uh, fear of contradiction. Oh, yeah. Most of what you hear is crap in one form or another. It's either like partially crap or completely crap, but there's a lot of crap. Oh, yeah, a lot of crap. Uh, MSNBC guest and Howard University School of Law Dean. This is the dean of a school of law teaching our young people to be lawyers argued that Senator Ted Cruz's line of questioning at the hearing about critical race theory, among other things, was a dog whistle meant to stoke racial politics. You're accusing the right of stoking racial politics now? She also called other Republican questions deeply offensive. Uh, But my favorite one, let me scroll down to that. Some more QAnon stuff. Meanwhile, MSNBC contributor Jason Johnson aggressively tore into Republicans, accusing them of smearing Jackson with QAnon conspiracies, expressing their bigotry, and and invoking racially charged language when he claimed lawmakers, and I'm quoting, were engaged, well, not in a lynching, but a flogging of the Supreme Court nominee. So you can't claim they're lynching her anymore. That's too strong. But you can say they're whipping her. Okay. All right. Crap. It's crap. 
It's crap? It's crap. So I lied. I'll have to tell you what's the most important story that's not Ukraine coming up next segment. I was playing uh, Fortnite again with my kids yesterday. So uh, I think I mentioned this yesterday. That's that's what my... I asked my, my youngest, what would you like to do during spring break? And I was coming up with ideas of going here and there and doing other things. I want you to get a Nintendo Switch and play Fortnite with me. And uh, that's what they really love to do. That's their thing. And I, uh, I'm, I have zero interest in video games. I've never played them. I don't. Any time I've ever attempted, I've every time I've thought, this is just boring to me. I just have no interest in it. It just it does. I don't like start and think, oh, I can't wait to get more of this. It's just I immediately think this is freaking dumb and pointless. But but yeah, uh, you know, young people like it a lot, and. And I've really realized in the last 48 hours how much joy my kids get out of me playing with them. So I'm going to stick with it and try to figure out how to do it. Uh, but so last night I was uh, I was playing a little uh, Fortnite and trying to figure out all the buttons on there and then to switch. And we're sitting on the couch together. So we're playing together. We're like a team of three doing battle. And the new Fortnite that just dropped, first of all, Fortnite announced that they're giving all the money for all the stuff that you buy for in-game stuff. They're giving all kinds of profits to uh, Ukraine and they have Ukraine flags and the battle is very Ukraine you know scrappy guys against the Russians ish without going wow. too far but like the there's all kinds of armaments like those cross metal things that the Ukrainians are making to stop the tanks they're in mm-hmm. all the towns you go into and I don't think that's a coincidence it's because they're, they're trying to make it seem like you're fighting against the Russians which is a pretty cool idea for a game um anyway so we're battling and everything like that and i'm i'm trying to figure out how to go left and right and jump and grab a gun and all these different things i also i also was trying to throw in a little the lingo and i said at one point you know uh dad what are you going to hey dad, I'm, i know what i'm doing i'm cracked man i'm cracked which uh is the best you can be that's oh like, see i've never heard that in my life yeah his buddy cooper's cracked is like the best player uh-huh. you know and uh, so I'm cracked. And and Sam said, "Dad, don't ever say that around my friends. Kids are horrified if you try to use their lingo." <laughs> he said, "I'd rather you'd say, oh, heavens to Betsy' in front of my friends than say cracked.' <laughs> That's a really funny thing to say. <laughs> Can't imagine how I would ever say, oh, heavens to Betsy.'" <laughs> Throwing in a little mercy buttercups. <laughs> but that'd be better than trying to come off as like cool like their age, I guess. So I, I will not say I'm cracked around his friends. And then after we played Fortnite and I got us all killed, Sam just kept saying, um, just get in the back of the truck. I, I will drive. Just get in the truck and don't do anything. And because uh, <laughs> wow. I, I got I got killed quite, quite quickly. But anyway, afterwards, <laughs> Henry comes up and he puts his arm around my shoulder and he said, just between you, me, and the lamppost over there, you suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a great opportunity to show them perseverance and 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 uh, learning something difficult and the rest of it. If only you you know had any enjoyment of it. Between you, me, and the lamppost, you suck at this. Okay. Well, having spent twenty five years raising children, the whole lingo coming and going, and the current lingo is smart and clever, and yesterday's and tomorrow's are stupid, and the rest of just going through the cycle. Just learn to roll your eyes and go with it. <laughs> oh, heavens to Betsy! What's the biggest story that we'd be talking about if it weren't for Ukraine? It's pretty interesting. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The State Department confirms President Biden may allow Vladimir Putin's regime to purchase and import Iran's excess-enriched uranium under a new nuclear deal, justifying the move. To accept and to pay for the highly enriched uranium to get it out of Iran's hands so that Iran cannot obtain a nuclear weapon, I think that's a role we'd be willing to entertain. That is absolutely incredible that Russia is going to play a role in anything, anything, let alone being the you hold on to the uranium because we can trust you to not either give it back to Iran or use it yourself to make nuclear weapons or sell it to North Korea or whatever. We trust you. You're trusting Russia with something as they're murdering children. Wow, you're having a white shark broker a deal with a pit bull. I mean, it's just a mad dog. Yikes. Well, everybody on both sides of the aisle is saying, whoa, that's crazy. 
while the shark is threatening you. Right. I mean, the, the Putin is threatening the world with nuclear holocaust, and we're doing a different deal. Well, this is a different deal. This is a completely different thing. Remember, that's the way the the Obama people looked at it. Well, this is a different. This is different than what's going on in Syria. But that doesn't make any sense. Well, and they appeased the crap out of Putin to get that original JCPOA done, too. Yeah, there's some high-level Democrats, as you said, that, uh, that are against this, and lots of Republicans. But it looks like it's going to happen, that it's actually going to happen. Which means Iran gets much closer to getting a nuke, or has a nuke, which means Israel tries to take them out. Oh, boy. The world is getting more scary by a lot. Uh, here's the biggest story that nobody's talking about. China's COVID outbreak. They're just getting swamped with COVID all over the country. And China makes, like, you look around you in the room you're in right now, how much of the stuff was made in China? Well, they ain't making much stuff in China when they got COVID going on like crazy. Like, you think we got a supply chain problem now? And uh, I was reading this article in the National Review, China's COVID outbreak, hugely consequential, barely discussed. While we've got our pandemic in the rearview mirror, the Omicron variant arrived in China and Hong Kong, and the Chinese government following its zero COVID philosophy is trying to deal with the super contagious variant by locking down any place it appears. Good luck. Let me read you this paragraph. On Wednesday, a nurse in Shanghai died after she was denied entry to hospitals after suffering an asthma attack, echoing the cases of people who died during the lockdown in another area of China last year after they were denied medical care because of overly strict COVID policies. It takes a particular kind of genius, says Jim Garrity in National Review, a particular kind of genius to respond to a public health crisis by denying people access to hospitals. This is like fighting arsonists by shutting down firehouses. But that's what they do in China because they don't care if you die. They're just trying to... Uh, control the spread but they've got some of their biggest cities just locked down locked down like you're not allowed to come out of your home locked down right now and it's been going on for weeks and who knows how long it'll go on and here's the thing it's most of us picture the covid thing and we think we kind of got our head wrapped around it no 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 this is china going through what the rest of the world went through in early 2020 with something that is multiples and multiples more contagious. Now, the COVID that we all dealt with... Not quite as deadly, but they have no natural immunity, they have low vaccination rates, and the vaccine sucks, so they're going to see tons of people die. Well, it depends on what you mean by less deadly. Uh, To an individual, it's less deadly, but in terms of uh, percentages of people that will die, it's going to be much higher because it's so much more transmissible so everybody will get it so whatever the percentage of people that get it that die is just go with the percentage of the population that's how many dead people you're going to have so it's much much more deadly than the early virus was when you've got no vaccine and they've got a serious problem there in china and how that's going to affect the supply chain and their economy and everything like that who knows well, and if 20 million people die, what's that going to do to the Chinese Communist Party and Xi Jinping? Nobody's sure. Well, how long will these cities be shut down? They've already been. Some of the biggest cities have been shut down for weeks now. We all know what that's like, what that does to uh, productivity and everything. We shut down our big automakers for, what, a couple of weeks, and we're still not caught back up on the, the whole automobile thing. I mean, it's a, it's a mess in the... Second biggest supplier of everything in the world, China, 
is uh, is shutting down right now. When the supply chain around the world still hadn't gotten back to normal, even close. Wow. Wow. More insanity. Yay. Well, uh, oh, by the way, uh, one phrase uh, that you mentioned caught my ear, uh, denying people medical care because of COVID. Uh, please, I, I must remind you how much we did of that in the United States. All, all of the uh, elective surgeries, which merely means a surgery that is scheduled. It's a non-emergency surgery, including for very, very important things, when that was, to a large extent, unnecessary. Uh, I just read the other day, tw- deaths from alcohol were up 25% in 2020 wow. over 2019. Wow. Thou- tens of thousands of more people died of alcohol abuse because they couldn't get treatment. They couldn't get together for AA meetings, whatever else. Uh, add that to the, what was it, 105,000 people who died of uh, drug overdoses. That's COVID policy death. If you miss an hour of the show, grab it on the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.